morning. Good to see you guys here. Good to see everyone through the cameras out there as well. It's uh, great to be together again on God's, on his day to just come together and find out what he might have to say to us. The last couple of weeks, uh, several weeks, we have been in a series that we've been looking at. What does it mean that God likes to bring us out of our element? And we've been looking at what that means. We've been looking at what does it mean that he, when he created us, he brought us out of chaos when he created us, he brought us out, of, um, out from the, the waters of that judgment that we were in or under at times, and he, when he rescues us. And last week, we, we saw that there are times that out of thin air, he just kind of, he creates things that weren't even there. He creates things where he breathes over those areas of our life that had been devastated and had been destroyed and just kind of dried out and, and become useless to us. And he breathes over them and, and he brings them back to life again. He, and he causes us even to, to rise up to become this, his, re, his resurrection people, rather than just people that are kind of functioning as normal. He makes us his own. Amen? Well, this week we're going to be talking about dust. We're going to be talking about dust because regularly through scripture, he also says, you know what? I am the God who also brings you up out of the dust. And I want you to think about this. Not just, it's the dust that we are made of, right? Because there are weak parts of us. There are places where we fail. There are places there we just can't get our act together. There's that dust, that insignificant, weak, kind of empty places in us. But then there's also the dust that we're part of. So the dust that we're made of, the dust that we're part of in this world that we just, we just can't get our act together. And, and, and actually, we're just part of this kind of pretty inconsequential little blip hanging out there in the middle of space in this huge universe, just like a speck of dust. But he says, you know what? I have come to lift you up out of all of that, out of that dust, so that you'll be seen not as those who are overcome by the world, but that you are those who by faith overcome this world. The greatest example of that, uh, the, the prime example of that is found in the verse that we're going to start with this morning in Romans 1, verse 4. So let's stand up. Let's listen for what God might have to say to us. This is God's word. Romans 1, verse 4. It says, Jesus Christ, our Lord was shown to be, was declared to be the Son of God by the, when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, up until that point, think about this, up until that point, up until his resurrection, people, there were probably a lot of people that just saw him as just another holy man, right? Sure, he did miracles, but other holy men did miracles. He had insight in his teaching, but oh, holy men, you know, they had a lot of spiritual insight. And, and some people would say, yeah, but there was this voice that spoke out of heaven in his baptism. Yeah, but I mean, people would push back and say, who was there to hear that? And do you really trust him? And even if he did say what he said, even if he said, this is my son, what did he mean by that? Weren't all of God's people his sons and daughters? Weren't even all the rulers and kings of that day in, in that region, weren't they referred to as the sons of God? So what did he really mean by that? Up until he was raised from the dead, but when he was raised from the dead, and not as a result of some other holy man coming by somebody else's authority, right? Not just to be raised into this same life again, so he dies again, 
When he was raised from the dead by his own authority, he was raised again into a life that went on from, it was unconquerable, an unending, eternal life. And he was raised by the very Holy Spirit of God himself. He was shown to be, declared to be God's own son. Not just another holy man, right? Not just another king, but the king, the king of all kings, the king of heaven, the king of earth. God had, by his spirit, by the power of the spirit, he had been raised up. And in that moment, think about this, Jesus Christ was lifted out of those face, kind of faceless masses that go throughout history and make their way along in, in life on this world. He was lifted up out of that, raised up out of that kind of just that mass of dust and raised up and shown to be the one and only, the unconquered one, the unconquerable one, the Son of God. He was raised up even out of the dust of death because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And this morning, I believe that he wants us to to know that, that no matter what the dust that is in us, no matter the dust that that we are made of or that we are a part of, he is here to raise us up out of that and show us to be who he's always intended us to be. Amen? Father, be here this morning. We pray that, Holy Spirit, we have prayed to you already. We have prayed that you would come and fill this place wherever we are, whether it's in this room, whether it's at our home, whether, God, if there are those who watch this later this week or later this year or sometime in the future, that your spirit will be poured out in that place and in that moment and make it a a place and a time where it is lifted up out of the ordinary, that it's lifted up and made a holy place because you are there, that you would do your work to lift us up out of the ordinary as well and show us to be those children of your house, those ambassadors of your kingdom that we were called to be. By the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of your name, Jesus, for your glory, Father. Amen. You be seated. Now, we all love a, a, a good hero story, don't we? You guys know the story I'm talking about? You know, it, we especially love those hero stories that the hero starts out not really knowing who they are. They're just kind of a nobody stashed away in some town off in the middle of nowhere. And they find themselves are not getting along with anybody because they know that they're called for bigger things, right? And they just know that. They just have this sense. And so they're not getting along. They're barely making it in life. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of stories we make up, but there's a lot of real stories like that. But we love a hero story. It doesn't matter whether it's like Abraham Lincoln or this like Anakin Skywalker in, in Star Wars. It doesn't matter if it's like Dorothy of Oz or whether it's Oprah Winfrey when she tells her story about how she kind of raised up out of the dust of insignificance and, and nothingness and powerlessness and then made a mark on this world. Whether it's uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu or whether it's Pope Francis, whether it's someone like Harriet Tubman, whether it's Cesar Chavez, whether it's Ruth, whether it's Moses, whether it's the story of Jesus. Out of the dust stories, they get our attention, don't they? You know why? Because we hope, we look at that and we say, man, if that could, I just hope that if that can happen for them, 
maybe it can happen for me too. We all love those stories. That's why, that's why we love, we love um, the fact that our nation, we say that we're a nation of immigrants, right? We love that because what that means is that most of us, if we trace back far enough, we're going to find somebody that started with nothing. That's actually in our line. We inherited this. They started from nothing and they made a life of it. Or they found an opening that nobody else saw or else somehow they kind of discovered that superpower that then brought them up out of the dust. And we would love for that to be our story. God tells us, that is what I do. That is what my Holy Spirit does when I pour him out on you and in you, when he surrounds you. The first dust story of the Bible is at the very very beginning, right? It starts in Genesis, where God literally shapes Adam out of the dust of the ground. And then he breathes into him so that he'll be more than just this like clay figurine up on God's kind of hutch, right? He's not going to be just this marionette that God manipulates around. He's this muddy marionette that God's just, no, instead he becomes this living soul because God has intentions higher for him, higher than just the dust that he's made out of. But that's the first dust story. And, and as we read that story and as we read through the rest of the Bible, we begin to see, you know, this story isn't just to be taken in this very literalistic, one-time-only fashion. It becomes almost like a, a pattern for stories we see happen over and over and over again throughout Scripture. Because regularly, God starts showing this, and the story begins to reveal to us this and raise up this hope in us. I've been telling you guys that, that this book, this, this word from God, this message from beginning to end is all about the hope that God gives us. It is a message of hope that God is, is regularly working these things in our lives. So what we see is God, God is saying, I am always, my, my intention is always to lift you up out of that dust the dust that is within you, those failures, those insecurities, those, that insignificance that is within you, but also the failures and the, the, just that the dust that is not just the dust you're made of, but the dust that you're part of. As you look in this world and you say, man, I mean, even the greatest things we accomplish just don't accomplish. They don't amount to much. We're just not much in this universe. We're not much in the span of history. God says, I am always lifted, about lifting you up beyond that and, and giving you and making you a part of that life that you were always intended for and that glory that you were always intended for, mine, to share with me the glory that I've known and that Christ said, I have known and I've shared with the Father since before time and I've come to make you a part of that. Lift it up out of the dust. In our passage last week, we saw how God took Ezekiel out in a vision and he saw this valley where this army had just been completely wiped out. And God breathed into that army and he collected them and he breathed into them and he raised them up again out of that dust, out of that defeat, out of that destruction. And he made them not just what they were before, but greater. They were now a resurrection army. They were now an unconquerable army. And he raised up to be his, his people, his resurrection people. In the story of Jesus, we see the Holy Spirit raising Jesus up out of the dust of death. That's what Romans 1 is talking about. And he raises him up into this life and to become, to become something that no one could have imagined with this unconquerable life. But then we look beyond those. We look into the stories like the story of Abraham and Sarah. 
And we see here's this couple that nobody would have thought twice about. They're living down in this town, Ur of the Chaldees. They just kind of were going about their business. And God said, you know what? I'm going to raise you up out of that, just that, that faceless mass that you're a part of. And he's going to raise them up out of that, that powerlessness that came with the age as they got older and older. And he says, and I'm going to make you not just parents of a child of promise, but I'm going to make you the first parents of my people, Israel. And also, Abraham, I'm going to make you, you're going to be the father, and Sarah, you're going to be the mother and father, the parents of all of those who are brought into my family by faith. This is going to raise you up out of the dust. It's one other story that jumped into my mind. It was the story of David, who is the, the greatest king of Israel, And the starting of his story was nothing like that because he was one of eight brothers and he was the youngest. And he was of so little consequence in that home that when the prophet came and said, you know what, one of your sons, Jesse, is going to be the next king. Where are they? He brought seven of them and David was just left to tend the sheep, not even thought about. Nobody thought twice that maybe that he was the king to come. They didn't think about that. He was just a young brother. Man, just, right? And instead, God said, no, this is the one. God doesn't judge the outside. He judges the heart. And he says, this is the one. The youngest brother of eight raised up to be the greatest king in all of Israel. You know, even the way that we use the word dust, we use it this way in English too in some of the ways that we say things. If you own something, right, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to you, it's just sitting on the shelf somewhere, is, is collecting what? Dust, Right? Right? If you are in a competition and you are so far behind the pack, you're not even a threat to anybody, they're leaving you in the what? The dust, right? It's like, think of this. You're not competing with the reality of the race. You're competing with the leftover dust that they're leaving before it settles. That's what you're just hoping to get, right? If someone, or, or, or let's say you have a project at work, right? And it just crashes and burns. Or let's say somebody's life just takes a turn for the worse. You say, oh, they bit the, it bit the dust, right? Dust is always about this this insignificance, this powerlessness, this uselessness, this, this collapse. Dust is, it might have, it has many particles, right? Dust is, there's many particles, none of them memorable at all, Right? All of them. We just forget all of them. In fact, when dust comes, they're, they're, so, they're, they're scattered easily. When you see it, what do you want to do with it? Just wipe it up and throw it away. The earth is covered with dust. We never think about it till it starts piling up. And then what do we want to do? Get rid of it. That's dust. Other pictures in the Bible that try to convey this kind of powerlessness, this kind of insignificance and this uselessness are things like chaff. Chaff, when it talks about the the hulls around the the, the grains of of wheat and barley, they used to beat the grains until the the hulls would kind of break open and then they could throw it up in the wind because the seed would come down, but the chaff would blow away. We don't need that. It's just, it'd blow away by the slightest wind. Say insignificance, powerless, useless. The morning mist comes out, it looks so thick and full, but then it can't stand up against even the slightest heat of the morning sun as it comes up, it just dissipates. 
Because sometimes the flowers of the field are like that because the flowers, they grow up, they shoot up, they're so beautiful, but then the sun comes out and they can't even last a day. They burn off, they, they die. And you know, in the Bible, when it talks about these things, dust, chaff, the vapor, the mist, the, the field of flowers, when it talks about those, you know what it compares it to? Our lives. Our lives. Because against the span of history, of time, against the, the, the span of the, just, the, the, just the vastness of the universe, we're, just, we're nothing. We're a blip. Our lives just shoot by. And like, I mean, you think about the universe, and here we are, just not even a speck of a speck. And even when we gather I love this. When we gather together in clans or we get together in nations or movements and we're thinking, oh, we're so powerful, right? And the winds of time just kind of puff on us. Even when dust collects, what does it collect us? It collects us like a dust bunny, right? And a puff of wind comes and what happens? It's gone or shoots off across the room and nobody even noticed that it was there. God says we're like dust. But then in that, in that, God speaks to us in his stories about creation, in his stories about re- redemption. He speaks to us about it in his stories about resurrection. And he says, you know what? I am here to, by my spirit, lift you up out of the dust, the dust that you are made of and the dust that you are part of and lift you into that life that I always intended you for as my child, as a child of my house, as an ambassador of my kingdom. Out of the dust. And the story of Jesus, the story of Jesus is central to us understanding that because when Jesus was raised from the dead, when it talks about that in Romans 1 verse 4, it says when Jesus was raised from the dead, that he was like the first fruits of more to come. When they used to harvest, they'd go out and they'd look for that first ear of corn, that first, those first grains of wheat that showed that they were, they were ready because that what that was, it was like a guarantee that there was this whole harvest coming. And he said, you know what? I'm just the first of many who will be resurrecting, that God will be, by the power of his spirit, raising into this new life. So he said he's the first of many. So just like he was raised from the grave, he said that by the power of the Holy Spirit, those who put their trust in him will also be raised into immortality from this mortal life. Just like he received a name that Philippians said was a name above every other name. In Ephesians 1, it says that even the lowest part of his body, if, he, if that even exists, right? But the bottom is his feet. Let's say that you think, ah, I'm not, I'm not much in this body of Christ thing. I, I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm like the, the bottom of the sole of the foot, right? I'm that crease that collects the dirt when Jesus walks down the highway. That's, that's all I got going in this body of Christ thing. That's my only, that's what I think of my place in this church thing, Right? But he says, even the, under his feet is every power, every dominion, every authority, every name that's named, not just in this, in this age, but in the age to come, are put under the feet of Christ. We're given a name with Christ. It's above every name. 
We're given a glory that's above every glory and authority that's above every authority, just like Jesus was declared to be the only begotten son of God. God said that we with him are now, we are declared to be his adopted sons and daughters, children of his house, ambassadors of his kingdom. From the dust. From the dust. Psalm 103, 14 says, you know what? He knows our frame. He knows that we're made of dust. So when we fail, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't blow his mind. He's not, he's not severely disappointed as if we suddenly surprised him. He says he knows what we're made of. He knows that we are, we're just dust. And so, and, and even when we gather, we're just like this, this puff. You know, we're just moved by the forces that we're up against in this, in this world. You know, in Isaiah Verse, uh, chapter 40, verse 15, it says, all the nations, when they gather together, even all the nations together, they're like a, 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 just a particle of dust on the scales that he's weighing things. He says, they don't even affect the equation. We think of those as the most monstrous, immovable forces. And he says, they're just, they're just this particle of dust. He says, then in Isaiah 29, or 26, 19, he says, and I want to, I want to, I'm going to raise my people up out of the dust. The dust of death that they, they lie in, that dust of insignificance that they're just surrounded by, that dust that, that it, they are made of and that they are part of, I'm going, to, I'm going to raise them up out of it. My people, the dead will rise. And you say, well, who are those people that he's talking about? And he says, well, Psalm 113, 7, he says he raises, it's the poor that he pulls out of the dust. It's the, it's the needy that he pulls out of the ash heap. You know, when Jesus was here, one of the things he was teaching, there was a time that he was talking to those in, the, in, his, in his region who thought they were pretty, they were something. You know, they were not the insignificant. They were not the needy. They were the important people. They had a lot of power and status and name and, and they were righteous. They were good before God and all that. And Jesus said, you know what? It, it, the healthy don't need the physician. The healthy don't need the physician. It's the sick who need the physician. So I haven't come to call the righteous people, the people who think they already have it together. I've come to call the sick. I've come to call those who recognize that they're, they're not all, they don't have it all together. That there is dust that they're made of and there's dust that they're part of. So if, if we're sitting here and we think, you know, I, I'm doing pretty good. God would... God would be doing well to, to recruit me to his team. And if he sends me the right you know, offer letter, I'll be in there. You think, I, I got a lot to, to add to this, this body of Christ thing. I got a lot to bring to his kingdom. If that's how we're thinking, he says, you know what? You probably don't even see your life as anything you need to be lifted out of. You don't need the physician. You're not even looking for him. But if there are places and times in our life, and maybe it's right now, maybe it's right today, that we look in and we see this, we look at ourselves and we say, man, I'm just full of weaknesses. I'm one of the most lazy people you'll ever meet. I can't even get myself off the couch to go mow the lawn sometimes. I can't, I cannot. I look at my life and I I look at myself and I, I see how I fail and how things I just don't even have, I don't have the tools sometimes to attain the things I I try to accomplish. 
and I let the people around me down. There is dust that I'm made of. And then I look and I get this glimpse sometimes of how inconsequential I am in the span of history and even in the, in the vast span of the universe. And in those moments of clarity where we see that, we just, we're overwhelmed by the fact that we're just dust. God tells us, he says, you know what? In those moments, I don't want you to despair. You're the one I came for. It's always been this way. Because I come to raise you up out of the dust. I come as a physician to heal the sick. I come as, as one who is calling you out of your brokenness, out of your, your, your falling short, out of, I come, I come to remake you, to redeem you, to resurrect you. And he wants you to know this morning, if, if you're sitting there and you're seeing that glimpse of yourself, that he, he's right here. He's right there, right now. Saying, this is, this is what I do. This is what my Holy Spirit is about is to lift you out of the dust, the dust you're made of, the dust that you're a part of, in order that you might enter that life that you were always intended for. This is what he always intended you for, that you might be a child of his house, that you might be an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That you might be brought into the life you were intended for. So what is that life? That life is that instead of insignificance, he gives us, he, he names us. We, we see ourselves sometimes as kind of lost in this, this faceless mass. We're just trying to make something that raises us above so that people see who we are. But God says, you know what? I have called you by name. You are now mine. And I never lose sight of you because you are my child. You're my beloved child. And immediately, not on our own strength, he just he lifts us out of that. He says, instead of powerlessness in, face, in the face of time and the forces of this universe and, and, and spiritual forces beyond our comprehension, he says, you know what? Instead of you being the powerless one now, I've given you the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. In, in Ephesians, in Ephesians uh, 1, it says that he has given us the very... <laughs> 118, it says he's given us the very power, the very power is at work in us that raised Jesus from the dead. That he pours out within us the Holy Spirit so that we're now walking in the authority. You guys, there are times I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do in those moments where just in my parenting, for example, with my kids, I cannot protect them enough. I cannot, I cannot force them to do or to be what I know God has called them to be and to do. There are things that are beyond my limits. And I don't know what I would do if I, didn't, if I were not absolutely certain and assured that I have the authority of, of the kingdom of heaven to stand in and to fight on their behalf against all the powers that would assail them so that they too might be raised up out of that dust. I don't know what I'd do. I don't know what I'd do if I were to, to go in and try and make my life work all on my own. Because I, I know I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the foresight. I don't have the tools. I don't have the time. I don't know what I'd do if I had to get my own life together before God would, would take me. If he didn't say, you know what? 
I am coming alongside of you to lift you up out of that dust, that dust of powerlessness, that dust of uselessness, of insignificance. Instead of being one of the many who are needy in this world and without access, he says, you know what? I give you access to all the resources of heaven. All you have to do is ask. He says, he says that he will supply your needs according to his riches and glory because you're now his. I love this one. He says, when we walk with him, when we are, when we are in cooperation with him, in Isaiah 29, verse five, he says, and then your enemies, <laughs> those who oppose the work that you're doing in my name, they will become like dust before you. When we walk with Jesus, even the opposition just, just fades away. It doesn't matter if it's, is, if it's opposition on this earth to doing his will. It doesn't matter if it's opposition within to doing his will. It doesn't matter if it's death itself. It says it, it, it will become like dust in front of you. So what do we do with that? There's two things I want to give you guys. You go, only two things? Yeah, two things. It'll keep you busy, believe me. First is this. First is this. Some of you may be in that place and, and, and you're just thinking, you know, you have never, in this morning, you've been given this glimpse maybe of a way of kind of how things really are. You've been given this glimpse of your own kind of powerlessness and, and that brokenness, that that. That, that failure and those, those uncertainties and those that, that, that you carry around within and you've been given that picture of that, even the whole, the situation of that, the whole of humanity that you're just a part of. You're just, you're in it. And God, by his grace, has opened up your eyes so you've seen that, yeah, you are, you're, you're like dust. It's just quick and momentary and forgettable and, you say, well, how is that the grace of God? What do you mean the grace of God? He showed me that. Well, it's like last week when he said, you know, he took Ezekiel out and he showed him the place of his worst defeat. Well, how's that gracious? Well, because we got to see it. We got to see that we're sick if, we, if we're going to know we need the physician, right? We got to see we're in the dust if, we, if we're going to know we got to be lifted out of it. So maybe this morning, by God's grace, you've been given a glimpse of yourself that you've never seen before. And God says, in that moment, don't go into despair. I have told you guys from the beginning, this book from beginning to end is a message of hope. And God does not tell us this stuff to bring us into despair or to bring us into just bemoaning who we are so that we get lost in our helplessness and our hopelessness. But instead, God says, in that moment, call out to him because he's waiting and tell him, because of Jesus, you said, I can be lifted out of this dust. I can be made new. I can be recreated. I can be resurrected. I can be brought into a new life where I am now a child of your house and an ambassador of your kingdom where every act, every word becomes, uh, becomes in, breathed by the Holy Spirit and becomes eternally valuable and significant and powerful for the building of the kingdom of God. So, so call out. To God, I want to be lifted out of the dust because that's what he does by the power of his Holy Spirit. 
So you guys, sometimes we think about prayer, we get really put off by it. We think it's complicated and all that. It's not. It's calling out to God. The first prayer is always, God, just lift me out of this dust by your Holy Spirit, by the power of the one who you raised by the, from the dead. Pour into me your Holy Spirit and lift me up out of this dust. Second, I know there's a group of you that you've already prayed that prayer. You've already been raised up in him. You've already been established as his beloved child of his house and the ambassador, the powerful authorized ambassador of his kingdom to go and do the work of God. And yet, there's still ways that you are still chasing after the things of this world, right? Sometimes we look at the things of this world that God calls dust and we say, no, those are the weighty things of the that I need to chase after. I need to go after fame and after money and after security and after a name in this world. Those are the things that are most important for me. And God says, no, those are the dust things. Quit chasing those. He says, no, you've been called as a child of my kingdom. Start chasing the things that are eternal. Start establishing things that actually shape all of time and history that by the power of the Holy Spirit, as you've been called as a co-laborer with God himself, with Jesus himself, that you're building this kingdom that will last forever. So we need to ask ourselves, well, how, are, how am I using my time? How am I leveraging my actions, my words, my relationships, my investments, my thoughts, everything? How am I using that to build the kingdom? To do the good, I mean, and very simply, it's just doing the good that the Holy Spirit tells you, inspires you, urges you to do. And this is not some mystical kind of experiment where you look and you, you wait for that disembodied voice to speak to you. Sometimes it's as easy as just doing the things you know that Jesus would have you do. And he says, these are the weighty things. Listen to this. In Matthew 25, he said, sometimes it's as easy as clothing the naked feeding the hungry, coming alongside and caring for the sick, visiting those who have been cut off and put, incarcerated in prison, cut off from everyone, visiting them and bringing them hope. Sometimes it's as easy as as standing up for those who don't have anybody to stand up for them, to be the voice of those who are voiceless, to be the one who sometimes, he says, sometimes it's forgiving the one who has offended you. I love this one because he says, when we forgive, when we decide, I'm not going to judge, I'm not going to condemn, I'm not going to crush this person, I'm going to forgive them instead. He says, what we have to go through is we have to begin to see the offense that they committed against us compared to the stuff that we do. We need to see that the stuff we do is like a log in our eye and it's like a speck of dust in their eye. So we just let it go. We start working on our stuff, not theirs. He says, learn how to forgive because these are the weighty works of the kingdom of heaven. These are the weighty works that change history. These change all times. These are the things that people will see you doing these and the ghost. This is not just an ordinary person that's framed in dust. That's a part of this, this insignificance that we see all around us. This is someone who the very spirit of God is working through them. So start with the random, the little things, and then let the Holy Spirit be, bring you deeper and deeper into knowing and, and being powerful in the ways and the works of God. Two things. 
So will we do that today? Will you do that today? Will you call out to God? Ask him to lift you out of this kind of, this pursuit of the meaningless things of this life, lift you out of the dust that you're made of and that you're a part of, make you a part instead of his kingdom, part of his family to, to resurrect, even bring that new life within you, that new identity. You guys, we could change the world. We could change the world if we would keep our eyes set on eternity, keep our eyes set on Jesus and what he's called us to do and follow his Holy Spirit and what he is urging us to do every single day. And if we would let him just lift us up out of the dust. Amen?